getting you politics for dummies where we understand politics then and now we understand politics right and left so what are you waiting for put on your headphones and strap on because you are going to have a ride of your life welcome joining us today is mr fabian Ladies and gentlemen welcome back and a very happy day to everybody who's tuned in welcome to another exciting episode of politics for dummies with our professor Mr Fabian Fabian children's day went around uh, happy children's day to you what was your favorite Thank child you childhood to memory and all the children because we were all children once child 100%. is the father of man 100% tell me what's your favorite childhood memory Well, childhood memory I have is that uh, I considered myself very important. So mm-hmm. I always uh, believed and dreamt that uh, my dad and uh, God were, uh, you know, standing across the garden and deciding what should be my fate. Wow! They were so concerned. Wow! Individual attention that... from God and discussion with my dad. Wow! That is. that's that's very weird that's very weird but acceptable acceptable childlike fantasy everybody should have one my favorite childhood fantasy is not to worry about climate i mean i enjoyed not worrying about climate whatsoever uh, uh fabian uh, we we just realized that uh, the glasgow conversation we kind of left halfway last time in our podcast comes to an end right now so uh, let's take a recap of what exactly is happening in glasgow and uh, we'll take it from there Okay, two years of preparation and thirteen days, often without sleep. So many delegates from almost two hundred countries, yeah, and the civil society urging them to do what is right, mm-hmm. but not always with success. Okay. Now, the first thing to understand about climate change and what has been happening about it. is that the law of karma does not apply okay that is in you know as regards the law of karma what a does a has to pay for it true but in the case of climate change what historically the rich countries in the north have done they are not the only ones to pay for it it is the whole world secondly there are vulnerable countries maldives tuvalu and others who mm-hmm. might just disappear or go under the sea you know and they have done, they haven't done anything true very true they have not i repeat they have not contributed to pollution 
but they are the most vulnerable. So that is the first thing. Law of karma doesn't apply. Okay. Now, second thing is that there's a lot of verbiage in these declarations. I went through it, more than 3,400 words. But if you want to know where there is any agreement on action, well, Mm -hmm. it is not easy. There is a positive. Third thing is that I have attended such meetings. You know, delegates get tired after three, four, five days going without sleep. Okay? So, then the lobbyist gets very active. I have had one experience in Finland where Mm -hmm. we were having a conference on Montreal Protocol. Okay. You know, uh, this is about substances which uh, deplete the ozone layer. Yeah, the CFCs. And the lobbyists were very active, the multinationals. And they defeated me. I had a point of view. Okay. I got support initially from the Africans and the Latin Americans, but they worked on them. I lost that support. Okay. Now, let's see what happened. Let's see, let us list the achievements. One achievement is United States and China said, whether they meant it or not, I'm not so sure, that they would cooperate. Okay. 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 Well, which is a good thing. Okay. And then China agreed to reduce uh, its methane emission, which is again a good thing, but no specifics. All right. Second, deforestation. 100 countries, including Brazil, which, as you know, has the major part of the Amazon forest. True. China, Russia, and U.S. agreed to end deforestation by 2030. 2030, yeah. Okay. End of the decade. All right. Well, we may note that at this moment, the deforestation of the Amazon in Brazil is going at a higher rate than in the past. Okay. Now, to support the developing countries, uh, 12 governments promised to give $12 billion. Okay. And private uh, philanthropists have promised to give $7 billion. Okay. Okay. Good. Now, as regards methane to come back, again, you know, 100 countries have agreed to reduce emission by 30% by 2030. Right. Okay. And the countries that have agreed include uh, include uh, half of the top 30 methane emitters. Okay. Now, India has uh, agreed to reach net zero by 2070. Okay. okay. Now, if you permit me, let me list the failures. Because right, the failures before, are more important, more important yeah. than the successes. All right. So these are just commitments that have come so far from these countries. And they say that they will do this provided if the world is in a better shape. Like there is no 100% clause that they will do this. They're just, they're just promising at this point of time. And we all know that promises can be broken. Is that so? It's correct. You know, it's what I call declaratory diplomacy. No binding okay. commitment. Okay. These are just promises so that people can get off their back. Well, and also you get the headlines. Okay, fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. Let's now, talk about Coming the to the failure, yeah. the most significant and the saddest failure is about funding. 
Okay. Ten years ago, the Global North pledged that they would make available hundred billion dollars per annum. I repeat, per annum, per annum. by 2020. Yeah, which passed away. We are in 2021, about to reach 2022. 22. Mm -hmm. They haven't done that. They have given a vague promise they'll do it by 2023. Okay. So that is point number one. Okay. Point number two is that this 100 billion is peanuts. When you consider the financing that is required to, to tackle climate change danger, Okay. This is, I repeat, peanuts, because okay. you will recall that after the Prime Minister made his intervention, our Secretary for Climate Change said in plain English that India needs $1 trillion. Just to fight climate change? Yes. Okay. Okay? Now, if India needs $1 trillion, other countries also, we need some money. Yeah. Now, let me tell you, Aniket, frankly... Nobody has bothered to figure out how much money will be required. Nobody can. They have all these great scientists, you know, uh, UN and outside, and so many active, but nobody has figured out or bothered to figure out how much money will be required. Okay. I consider this a very significant and sad failure. Second, there was considerable focus on coal. I agree that coal is polluting. And uh, actually, between you and me, India uh, sort of compelled a change in the draft. The okay. original draft said phasing out. Yeah. And India insisted, and it is phasing down. Okay, you know, rather than completely between... getting over. Okay, reduce. Yeah, facing okay. out and facing down. It did not even say that facing down so that we shall face out eventually. No, no it didn't say that. Down. Okay. Now, there is this focus on coal. And why did India have to do it? Because India is not getting, I repeat, not getting the financial or technological support for replacing coal. So the it's not that India to... is being difficult. India yeah. finds itself in a difficult situation and without sizable support by way of finance and technology, it cannot, I repeat it, cannot get out of coal just like that. That will be irresponsible. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, hold up. I just, this question here. So, at this point of time, we want to phase out of coal and phase down it. We, we can't phase out because we don't have an alternative. And the other alternative is renewable sources. And clearly, nuclear is also one good point. But at this point of time, we don't have the funds for it. And nobody's ready to tell us how much we'll require and nobody's ready to help us. That's it, right? Yes, but about the nuclear, we are not part of the NSG, Nuclear Supply Group, because China stands in the way. Okay. So we have some difficulty in getting the uh, material and the technology because of China's yeah. obstructionism. Unnecessary. Okay. Unjustifiable. Okay. All right? Okay. Okay. Now, I want to draw your attention. There was so much of talk of coal. There was no talk about oil. Ah. <laughs> okay? Now, okay. why? Because there are powerful lobbies mm -hmm. who are funded by yeah. Saudi Arabia and others. So, okay. all attention on coal. No reference to oil. 
Okay. You know? Okay. That is also interesting, no? Mm-hmm. Now, the most important point is that in the past, especially Kyoto Protocol yeah, and even yeah. in Paris, okay. you know, there was a clear commitment to what I may call the formula, common but differentiated responsibilities and capabilities. I repeat, mm-hmm. it's a common responsibility, but uh, the capabilities are differentiated. Okay. Because you, the rich, can have the means, financial mm-hmm. and technological. We, the South, do not have it. So it is okay. differentiated. Okay. okay. It's common responsibility, okay. but differentiated. Okay. Capability. Okay. And also responsibilities, because you did it. Yeah. You caused the pollution. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 100%. Now, 100%. That, that sort of, uh, you know, is uh, being watered down. Okay. You know, that's also very, very sad. Okay. Now, let me tell you, the Secretary General of the United Nations, he mm-hmm. has given the best summation. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard his speech and I would urge you also to listen to it. He said, well, we have to recognize that there are interests, contradictions and political will at play. Okay. Interests of the different countries, contradicting interests, and then the political will, political level at the level of the individual country and political okay. level at the collective level. Okay. Now, he didn't say it, but I am telling you what he meant. The planet is in the ICU. I repeat, it's in the ICU and it is not getting prompt attention. Now, let me make one point. You know, everybody talked about 1.5 degree. It should be capped at 1.5 degrees Celsius. Correct? Let us recognize it has already increased by 1.1. So if you want to speak in plain English, you should say that we should cap the increase from now till 2100 at 0.4. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just uh, repeating 1.5, Uh, 1.5. No. 0.4. 0.4. Now, why didn't anyone say it? You tell me. Because it's clear, man. It's, it's, how do I put this? I mean, they're already guilty. You can't, I mean, they've already used it and they've already used the resources. The temperatures are going to rise because it's a, how do it's a delayed effect. It's as simple as that. It's a delayed effect. They cannot control it. They've, the harm is done in as simple terms as possible, Fabian. The harm is done. But it can be remedied if we are homo sapiens sapiens. Homo the wise, the wise. Yeah, yeah. If if at all, if at all we work towards that. But hear me out, right? So this is what happened at Glasgow where everybody is talking about that there are certain... There is a timeline here, right? The timeline is pretty much set. They have clearly mentioned that if we don't do this within this stipulated time of time... We're going to lose what we have right now. So the future generation is obviously going to be the one that is going to suffer the most. Um, considering this, this as our, you know, our Bible, how how much time do we think we have before 
I mean, the time to act is gone. Now it's time to just go ahead and fix things. You cannot act right now. You only can fix things. But uh, in general, if I just go about it, do we have to like 2050? That's about it. And then there is no point of return. Is that 2050 the point of no return? No, I would say that the next uh, 10 years are crucial. Okay. Because even with all the pledges that they have made, scientists have calculated that it will be more than two degrees by 2000, uh, century. (laughs) So it's already 1.1 and additional two degrees. It's going to go three. So, yeah. No, no, not additional. No, no. It will be two degrees from the pre-industrial level, pre-industrial level. So So 0.5. So 0.5 is what we're discussing. There we are. Uh, we're not at a good place, clearly. If this is where we are, we're really not at a good place. You've got to really think more about this. Um, but Fabian, uh, hear me out. Like, if this, what is the political side of this? Like, at this point of time, uh, being diplomatic, just going ahead and saying things like, oh, we'll try to reduce it, we promise you, and stuff like that. What is the what is the political side to this? Like, what is what are the politicians to lose if they go ahead and work towards fixing the environment? Let's 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 ask the basic question, right? I mean, we all say that you know, unka kya ja hai. That's the phrase, right? What is going of theirs that they are, you know, being a block? Like, I know that China is just being difficult for India to get a nuclear power or whatever because China at this point of time doesn't want anybody to grow or outgrow them, and clearly sees India as a competition. But apart from that, what about the other politicians? Why wouldn't they? Go ahead and do this. Is it money or is it greed or is it just human nature? What is the philosophical answer to this? Okay, let's put it this way. You know, let's look at the United States. Mm -hmm. You cannot continue with what I may call the American style of living. Okay. Having big cars, Mm -hmm. petrol guzzling cars. Yeah. And all the time, you know, on the road. Most of the time. You know what I mean? So you have to change your lifestyle. Now, if President Biden asks Americans to change their lifestyle, his popularity will go down. He does not have it in him, you know, as a leader to convince the people without losing in popularity rating. So that is one. So that applies to the North. And then in the global South, there is a tiny minority who are enjoying the so-called American style of living. They are not prepared to change. So partly we human beings are to blame, not only our governments. Okay. Okay. So at the end of the day, do you think we will be compelled to do whatever we have to do to save the environment? Like, will it come to like a staggering halt and then everything will be like, gone from our lives because clearly we do have an option of stopping things and getting used to the greener lifestyle. But if that doesn't happen, will the greener lifestyle will be forced upon us? Do you think that would happen? It might happen, but it will be much nicer. Instead of it's being forced upon us, we yeah. embrace it willingly and enthusiastically. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the whole thing. Like someone asks you to clean something while you were willing to clean it. You don't want to do it because someone asked you to do it right now. Now, now it's it's as simple as that. But 
nonetheless it absolutely makes sense and uh, clearly this is what the thought of the day is guys um we will come back with another episode probably talking about more pressing matters uh this was a politics for dummies climate change clearly we're talking about how politics and climate change and the diplomacies and the 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 rules and the regulations and the verdicts and uh, you know congregation comes together and how politics is involved in that uh we're giving a lot of people a lot of power here maybe uh ask them to put it to good use Uh, that's about it. If you have any questions about politics or if you want us to discuss any certain topic, trending or old, you can always write to us on HD Smartcast. Uh, obviously, get in touch with me. I'm Radio Anikhet, and then we've got Fabian, our professor, to help us understand things better. Uh, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you, Fabian. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. This was a Radio One production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.